18 Americans hostage behind enemy lines. Thank you, Scott Shannon. Thanks to all of you for being with us. Toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. You know, I, I saw this today, and we got a lot of ground to cover. We're going to meet Gold Star Fathers that they lost they, they lost our national treasure last week in this terror attack at Karzai International Airport. It is it, it the level of anger I have. It's not healthy in the sense that I just can't shake it. I usually can shake things off. I can't shake this that we've now left Americans behind. And all of it was so preventable. It's like a car wreck coming and you see it two miles away. OK, if you turn just now, just slow down. It won't happen. We saw the march towards Kabul. Now we know that, in fact, Kabul was offered by the Taliban, according to the Washington Post, hardly part of our vast right wing conspiracy, that that Joe Biden was told he can keep Kabul, chose not to. And then the Taliban takes over and and surrounds the perimeter. Well, that pretty much ensured the fate of these Americans now trapped behind enemy lines. We don't know how many. I have spent a lot of time working the phones, talking to congressmen and women and, and senators. And the estimates range. It's almost universal consensus. It's much higher than 300, maybe as high as a thousand or even higher. I am told. And there's no way to know. And those spinning out there that, well, these are people that might have had families and they decided to stay for their family. It's all bull. Americans that wanted to get out that made attempts to get out, were left behind enemy lines. And now they're hostage to the whims of the, the radical Taliban. And, and of course, the Taliban, they, they, when it, how long is it going to take before ISIS-K gets a hold of some Americans? How long is it going to take before the, the, the new Al-Qaeda gets a hold of some of these, these Americans? And our allies, because the reports we're getting are just just the, the lack of humanity and the total brutality of the murder and oppression that has begun already. And it's only going to get worse is enough to make you just sick to your stomach. And as they were on the march in the month of March and in, in the month of April and May and June, and now we know in July that President Ghani talking to President Obama, you know, uh, sorry, President Biden, about about what was going on on the ground and the rise of the Taliban and how effective they were. We, we just need to change perception. Things aren't looking well there because they weren't going well. Joe Biden knew it wasn't going well. At that point, while we still had control of Kabul, at that point, he should have immediately begun bombing the Taliban that had broken the deal that he says constantly that Donald Trump put together. No, the deal was based on on the conditions on the ground and the Taliban abiding by the terms of the agreement. Taking over Afghanistan was not the terms of the agreement. And he could have obliterated the Taliban when they were weak before they had all of this geographical you know, territory and all these provinces they were taking over. We could have pushed them back and we could have done it with great ease using drone strikes that would have easily bought us months 
as much time as we needed to get every American out, every Afghani ally out, because now they're facing death sentences and they're being murdered. Reports already coming back that they're getting murdered. Reports already coming back that women are being oppressed. I'll get into a lot of this in the course of the day. You know, it's this is why, remember I talked about the candidate protection program and during the election and Joe Biden hiding in his basement bunker and the media was perfectly fine with that because they knew that he was a cognitive mess and weak and frail and confused and confounded and at times incoherent, mumbling and bumbling and stumbling. That's the danger because we didn't vet Joe Biden. Never would under no circumstances, even with no election integrity, which we know laws weren't followed. Partisan observers didn't get to observe the vote count start to finish. They weren't allowed to get within 20, 30, 40, in some cases, 100 feet or even in the building to watch as the law requires. The state constitution of Pennsylvania, that wasn't followed either. There's a process. If you want to amend the constitution in Pennsylvania, they didn't follow that process. The stinging rebuke of the chief justice of the Wisconsin Supreme Court, that speaks for itself. Maybe somebody should tell Paul Ryan to read that chief justice dissent. But putting all of that aside, you know, now I, I'm, I'm listening. I saw Bill Crystal comments that he made. I didn't actually see it. I read it. And he's on fake news CNN. And I think about the Lincoln Project, all the never Trumpers. By the way, Liz Cheney, are you proud of, of now your new friends in the Democratic Party, the ones that called your father a liar and, and Bush and Cheney lied and people died and accused your father of war crimes, accused your father of financial malfeasance as it relates to Halliburton? You're your new friends, the new group of friends. You know, so offended by the, the manner of Donald Trump. And the, the mean tweets that he'd occasionally put out there where people would feign such outrage. Well, you tell me, what are you more outraged and embarrassed about? A president that tweets and says things perhaps that are maybe not as presidential as you define it or mean or attack people or get personal, whatever. Donald Trump, this wouldn't have happened under Donald Trump's agreement and plan because it was predicated on obliterating the Taliban. Donald Trump's plan was contingent on the Taliban following every dotted I, cross T, every comma, and every period. Donald Trump's plan, and he said it before they even began the negotiations, if you don't abide by it, I will obliterate you. The mother of all bombs, remember, Donald Trump dropped that. Donald Trump beat the caliphate in Iraq and Syria. Donald Trump took out Baghdadi and his associates. Donald Trump took out Soleimani. Donald Trump took out the Al-Qaeda leader in Yemen. That was all under Donald Trump's watch. So to hear, you know, the likes of Bill Kristol, I've never been particularly fond of anyway, just overrated in my, just thinks he's above it all, thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and he's not. Anyway, you know, people in his social circle, the, the the Lincoln Project, I have no problem with people disagreeing with me. I have no problem with people hating my opinions. I have no problem with any of that. I frankly don't give a flying Adam Schiff with any of them think about Sean Hannity. You know, but now out there, you know, it, the, the, the circle that of Republicans that say they're conservative, that aren't conservative, that went for the biggest socialist, and a, a cognitively weak candidate, and they knew it all because they weren't in charge. The establishment got defeated by Donald Trump, and they couldn't take it. But we did have our borders in, in 
controlled. We did build the wall while he was president, 500 miles of it. Uh, we did have energy independence under Trump. We weren't importing a single barrel of oil from Saudi Arabia when he left office. We did get three vaccines and we did get therapeutics like Regeneron under warp speed. That was all Donald Trump. We had a booming economy under Donald Trump. We had all of these, you know, we've set record low unemployment levels for every demographic group group in the country under Donald Trump. You know, and, you know, the biggest thing probably Donald Trump did is he scared the hell out of out of leaders around the world because they believed him. They they knew he would do it. That that is called peace through strength. That is a deterrence. You know, it's, you know, Bill Kristol voted for Biden, said he would likely not support him again in the wake of this botched. You help make it possible, Bill. You, all you never Trumpers, Lincoln Project people, Liz Cheney's of the world, you all made it possible because you were so offended and got the vapors because Donald Trump's manner didn't suit your polite uh, political chicken dinner circles in the sewer of Washington. So let's cut the crap here with the sanctimony. It's a morning consult poll. The Hill published it. Overwhelming 72% of Americans did not think the troop removal went well. Only 22% it was said it was going well or somewhat well. I have no idea who the hell they are. They've got to be related to Joe or Hunter. 61% said they're either somewhat disapproved, strongly disapprove of the president's performance. You think Rasmussen in a poll that they had showing the president Biden's free fall you know, survey majority of likely voters want Biden to resign over these disastrous policies. Only 39 percent want him to even stay in office. All of America and the entire world knows he's a he's a cognitive mess at this point. Biden's national security advisor. You're going to love this. He says he's not sure if the Taliban is our enemy or not. OK, let me help him out. Uh, Jake uh, Sullivan. Yeah, they're our enemy. How's that? And, yeah, when you treat women the way they treat women and take them as sex slaves, yeah, even even young girls, yeah, that would be evil. What part of that don't you understand? As in, and, by the way, he's asked, the Washington Examiner reported it. He was asked on MSDNC to define America's relationship with the Taliban, including whether they were a frenemy, an adversary, or an enemy. Well, it's hard to put a label on it in part because we have yet to see what they're going to, you know, be now that they're in control, physical control of Afghanistan. They're also in control of the destiny of our fellow Americans you left behind, you jackass. You, you see why that pisses me off? Because it was so preventable. I got to listen to these these jackasses that have no clue and no business being in these positions, that idiot secretary of state we have, Tony Blinken, is about as clueless as Jake Sullivan. All of them should be fired. Grieving mother of a slain Marine. We're going to talk to Gold Star dads later in the program today. You know, grieving mother Marine killed last week. Said Biden insulted her. She expressed frustration over her son's death after she had done that. Anyway, her name is Shauna Chappelle, the mother of Marine Corps Lance Corporal Kareem uh, Nakao, tore into Biden in a fiery social media post for his alleged insensitive conduct when they met earlier this week. President Biden, this message is for you. 
I know my face is etched into your brain. And she recalled in a post on Facebook getting five inches away from the Biden's face so that she could look him straight in the eye and have words with him about the tragic loss of her son. I don't blame her because it was all preventable. Because when we saw the Taliban on the march in April, May, June, July, and now we know that he was discussing what a disaster it was with President Ghani, who fled with millions. You tried to interrupt me and give me your own sob story, and I had to tell you, this isn't about you. Don't make it about you, she wrote. Wow. She continued, you then said you just wanted me to know that you know how I feel and I let you know that you don't know how I feel. You then rolled your effing eyes in your head like you were annoyed with me. And I let you know the only reason I was talking to you was out of respect for my son. And as Biden turned away, the grieving mother said she let him know my son's blood is on your hands. And you threw your hand up behind you as you walked away from me like you were saying, OK, whatever. See the New York Post cover today. That was a picture of all 13 slain soldiers, service members, all 13 of them. Every life is on his hands. Could have been prevented. That's the. It, oh. I really don't get angry. This this angry. I am. I am that angry at this. Because this was so preventable. This didn't have to happen. We'll continue. Sean Hannity show. Well, this is fairly inevitable. This was also in the New York Post today, and that is Taliban supporters on Tuesday. They held a mock funeral in one Afghanistan city carrying coffins draped with American and NATO flags. That display, one of many celebrations, crossed the country just days after 13 U.S. soldiers were massacred while trying to facilitate the evacuations because Joe didn't do it when we had control of Kabul. Pretty unbelievable. So sad. So preventable. That's the worst part of this. Um, just like we see. Oh, they were so happy to see that we left a C-17 cargo plane. So happy to see all the Blackhawk helicopters. New York Post is saying that, yeah, that's a real person hanging from that Blackhawk helicopter. I can't believe it. Radio Free Europe and Radio Liberty employees uh, oh, they're still trapped inside of Afghanistan also, despite Joe Biden's promise to get them out. In other words, hundreds of media staffers and journalists, maybe this will get the attention of the mob that work for the U.S. government-run media operations. They're stranded. They're behind enemy lines, despite Biden's promises to get them out by yesterday. Fox News has confirmed Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty journalists were unable to get aboard the last flights from Afghanistan. You know, Joe, by 120,000 people, we got out the biggest ever. The extraordinary success on parallel results. The right, wise, best decision of that 120,000. Then he admits later, only 5,500 were Americans. Two weeks ago, he was saying we had 10 to 15,000 Americans. Whatever, what happened to those people? Did we just disappear or you just counted wrong? 25 till the top of the hour later in the program uh we will be joined by gold star fathers they lost their sons in last week's terror attack at uh karzai international airport while serving their country can you imagine just just try for a second it's impossible 
Just put yourself in their shoes for a second. Just try and imagine how they feel today. How they're going to feel next week. Because they got a week of hell ahead. <laughs> this week is going to suck as bad as any week you can have. And then the week after. Then the month after. And next year. You think you ever get over that? I don't think so. That's what I, I don't think so. I've met too many families in my life that have lost children in wars, etc. We can't do this again. I'll tell you that. I, I'm, I will tell you that if we're going to politicize war and allow wars to be politicized, and this is going to be the outcome every time, Vietnam, Afghanistan, then we cannot send our national treasure over there and ask them to fight and bleed and die and come back with the most severe injuries or dead. We can't do it. The one thing that has evolved, thankfully, is modern military technology. We can fight wars now by pressing buttons in the, you know sunny offices in beautiful Tampa, Florida, and win the wars. That's how Trump beat the caliphate. That's how Trump took out Baghdadi and associates and the al-Qaeda leader in Yemen. That's how he took out Soleimani on the, on the tarmac. We can do it that way. We've got to have the, the military might and the will to do it. You might need some forces on the ground for intelligence purposes, but in very secure areas, we can't have our national treasure banging on doors you know, in Baghdad ever again. Not knowing what's behind that door. Biden said over and over and over and over and over again, leave no American behind. That's who we are. Listen. If there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. This town, this state, this country takes care of our own. Leave nobody behind. Giving everyone a fair shot, leaving nobody behind. And we do take care of our own. Then we leave nobody behind. To help everyone in need. Look out for one another. Leave nobody behind. But we will leave no one behind. It's what America's all about. It's about pulling together, leaving nobody behind. Giving hate no safe harbor. And leaving no one behind. Reweaving that social fabric. That holds a society together, honesty, decency, hope, leaving nobody behind. We're going to stay until we get them all out. We don't leave Americans behind. Leave nobody behind. How many? I could probably find more examples. The extraordinary success, he left Americans behind. How by any definition is that a success? How was that the right, wise, and best decision, as he bragged yesterday, his mission-accomplished moment? Unparalleled results. Magnificent dis display of public policy. You know, this is the biggest airlift, 120,000 people to safety. And he says later, only 5,500 were Americans. Then he said, yeah, later, he said, well, 90% of Americans that wanted to leave were able to get out. How was that? How was that? How does that live up to his promise that we will stay until we get them all out? This is what Biden said. Well, 90 percent of Americans that wanted to leave were able to. Listen. Now we believe that about 100 to 200 Americans remain in Afghanistan. 
with some intention to leave. Most of those who remain are dual citizens, longtime residents who had earlier decided to stay because of their family roots in Afghanistan. The bottom line, 90% of Americans in Afghanistan who wanted to leave were able to leave. And for those remaining Americans, there is no deadline. We remain committed to get them out if they want to come out. The bottom line is 90% of Americans that wanted to leave were able to. Really? What happened to leave no American behind? You know, and then, and then the thing that really pissed me off, too, I disagree the evacuation could have started earlier. Are you out of your mind, Joe? Well, that's a dumb. That's, I already know the answer to that. Yes, he is. Because we could have started it in April, May, June. May was chosen for a reason. I know it sounds obscene and absurd that there's a fighting season, but there is. And when the Taliban was on the march, he could have just hit them with airstrikes, pushed them back, expedited the withdrawal while we had control of Kabul. This is not complicated. You didn't know, you don't need to go to West Point to understand this strategy. He could have pushed them back, expedited the withdrawal, gotten out every American, every Afghan ally, all of our military equipment. Well, we didn't know this would happen in 11 days. You should have known because the Taliban was on the march since the month of March. And you did nothing as they were violating the Trump agreement. Trump would have obliterated them like he promised them. No American died in the last 18 months. Trump's presidency, not one. Not a single American died because they knew he'd blow them into smithereens. I disagree that the evacuation should have started earlier. There's no disagreeing. You see they're on the march. You push them back. You get our people out while you have control, Joe. You don't take them out after you hand control over to the the, the Taliban. Terrorists. And that 10%, well, 90% of Americans got out. Well, that's that's not sticking by your promise. We'll stay until we get all of them out. I disagree. The evacuation could have started earlier, he said. Let me move on, though. Joe Biden says we're going to make sure the Taliban upholds their commitments to allow people to leave. We have leverage, he says. Listen. Together, we are joined by over 100 countries that are determined to make sure the Taliban upholds those commitments. It will include ongoing efforts in Afghanistan to reopen the airport, as well as overland routes allowing for continued departure to those who want to leave and deliver humanitarian assistance to the people of Afghanistan. The Taliban has made public commitments broadcast on television and radio across Afghanistan on safe passage for anyone wanting to leave, including those who worked alongside Americans. We don't take them by their word alone, but by their actions. And we have leverage to make sure those commitments are met. Let me be clear. Leaving August the 31st is not due to an arbitrary deadline. It was designed to save American lives. He made, they made public commitments and everything. You believe a terrorist group? Because if you do, you're really, you're dumber than I thought. 
Jen Psaki echoing the talking point. We have enormous leverage over the Taliban. Listen. The president said that any additional evacuations will go through diplomatic channels and that the United States has leverage over the Taliban. Can you tell us what those channels look like and what kind of leverage the United States has? Absolutely. Well, first I would say, uh, I would point you to the remarks that the Secretary of State provided last night, but let me give you some highlights of that. Uh, we have enormous leverage over the Taliban, including access to the global marketplace. That's not a small, uh, it's not, not a small piece of leverage. And in order to gain access to the global marketplace, uh, we're going to be watching closely, as will the global community. Oh, we're going to try and bribe them, ransom. They don't have any leverage over the Taliban. Let me tell you why. Because Americans are caught behind enemy lines and they have all of the leverage. They will decide and dictate the fact that you're signaling that you'll pay a ransom. I guess that's that that's not leverage. I guess it's a little leverage. What if they start executing these Americans? What if the what if ISIS K starts executing them? What if they start parading them around the streets of Kabul? What if uh, a Mogadishu situation, a Black Hawk Down situation occurs? Anybody thinking about any of that? Because I have been, and I don't like what we're talking about. We have leverage. You don't have any leverage. And then he asked the question, what is the vital interest with Afghanistan? Joe asked that question. Listen. To those asking for a third decade of war in Afghanistan, I ask, what is the vital national interest? In my view, we only have one. To make sure Afghanistan can never be used again to launch an attack on our homeland. That's one, but that's not the top one. What, what is our national interest? To save every American, Joe. That's our vital national interest. The Americans you left behind. Because we don't have any... Soldiers on the ground. We don't have any diplomats on the ground. We have no leverage. They have all of the leverage. Congressman Seth Moulton, a Democrat, served four combat tours in Iraq, warned that about the Americans left behind as a result of this. Every American there left behind now has a price on their head. I heard a report of a teacher who was there ostensibly to help educate Afghans who didn't find a way to the airport, which was many cases for many people. And so he's stuck there and he doesn't know how we're going to get him out. And our responsibility in Washington, the number one step is to get these Americans and Afghan allies that we left behind out to freedom and safety, because many of them now have a price on their head. How often do I agree with Democrats? Not very often. He's right. He is correct. Fox News confirmed Radio Free Europe and Radio Liberty, as I was telling you, a group of about 500 people stuck in the country after attempting to get through the gates of Karzai International Airport. U.S. warned that there were 600 people employed by U.S.-sponsored news organizations under the U.S. Agency for Global Media in the country. Nearly 70 U.S. lawmakers even sent a letter to Biden on August 25th, urging him to get those employees and their families the hell out of there before August the 31st. They didn't. Well, I thought there was only I thought there was only 300 or maybe even 250 left behind. And I'm told by my sources that number is much higher. 
Biden was pressured by the Afghan leader to cover up how badly the war was going. This is probably the worst thing that we learned last night. It's just as we were coming on Hannity. Biden pressured the Afghan president to create a perception. That means a lie that the Taliban weren't winning when they were because he knew they were winning. In other words, he knew they were winning and he didn't lift a finger. To get Americans out while we had control of Kabul. Dereliction of duty. Didn't lift a finger. We had full control. We knew they were on the march, and he's just looking to cover it up and conspiring with the the president that fled with millions of dollars. It's just it's it's repulsive. It's disgusting that this has now un, been unfolding before our eyes. It really is. A great success, Joe Biden calls us. Great success in his mission. Couldn't have been done in a more orderly manner. What a lie. Claiming, you know, then blaming Trump. <laughs> Trump would have obliterated him when they took one province. Biden blaming Trump for the deal with the Taliban. Yeah, okay, he also gave you energy independence, secure borders, and a better economy that you've screwed up. He had no problem overturning all the other plans, nor did you keep to the agreement Trump made. Trump's plan was predicated on obliteration if they didn't keep every single I dotted and T crossed. Biden was holding the holding the Taliban accountable. You're not holding anyone accountable, Joe. Stop lying. Ninety percent of Americans got out, but we're going to stay until we get every American out. Get them all out. Repeats the claim. Nobody could have possibly known that the Afghan army would collapse. It was collapsing in May and June and July. And that call with Ghani proves you knew it. Want to talk about a real reason for impeachment? There you go. It was inaccurate in his assumption. Oh, yeah, that's that's to say the least. Before the collapse, Biden pressed Ghani not to change policy, to change, just change the perception, make it look a little better than it really is. Oh, that's called propaganda, lying, misinformation, disinformation. Unreal. He does, you know, this this headline in the New York Post, every life is on his hands. That's right. This isn't over. I hate to tell everybody here. My, the, the, I have a five alarm fire of sirens blaring in my brain right now that this is going to get worse. And I pray to God that I'm wrong. I really do. I mean that with all my heart. I don't want a single American harmed. I don't want a single Afghan ally that was fighting for a better country harmed that helped us. But I bet I'm wrong. That's the sad part. That's why I have a five alarm fire and all these, you know, sirens blaring in my head. We'll continue. <laughs> 